0: It takes more than an irrational hatred of one kind of programming language to be a great engineer. This is episode 195 of the Soft Skills Engineering Podcast. I'm your host, Jameson Dance. I'm your host, Dave Smith. Soft Skills Engineering is a weekly advice show where we answer all of your non-technical questions about the technical field of software development. My friend bought a pickup truck in high school, and he decided that when you buy a pickup truck, you have to develop an arch enemy truck. You just like randomly pick a different (laughs) brand... And and you hate that brand because it's your arch enemy brand. And I feel like programmers do the same thing, where like they pick a language for arbitrary vague reasons that they just hate, and it's part of their mm-hmm. identity. And they need like that Calvin being on the programming language logo sticker
1: <laughs> that
0: the people put on their trucks.
1: Oh man! Which
0: that thing can't be legal, right? Like that's 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 gotta be a violation of copyright of some kind. But
1: oh, for sure, for sure. Whatever. Dave, do you want to thank our wonderful patrons? <laughs> I do. Thanks to those that are contributing to get them a shout out every month on Patreon. They are Brayden Keynes, Chris Hogan, Dennis Bogdanov, Ivo Robotnik, John Grant, Luis Santos, Luke Bayless, Matthew Voidovich, Nick Cantor, Philip, John Basile, The Agile Ventures Charity, Sean, Sonic the Hedgehog, Sunny Tie, Stanley Tactical Radio, Stephen Armand Lee, Taras Harouk, Ted Nugent, Maple Syrup, Vinlock, and Zach Grannon. If you'd like to support the show, you may do so at softskills.audio. Click support us on Patreon. And if you do, for any dollar amount greater than zero, you will receive an invitation to our Slack community slash workspace, work, work, whatever it's called, workspace slash cult. Did you say (laughs) workspace? I did. It's a play. It's, it's,
0: that was a combination of space and play because we play in that space
1: work play yeah <laughs> space okay yes yeah there are so many awesome conversations going on there every day we have well over 100 folks in there now and we would love to have you join us as well just as a reminder invitations go out the first week of every month when patreon bills you so for those that have been asking that's your answer
0: awesome we also want to give a shout out to Vettery. Who are our sponsors for this episode? Vettery is a marketplace for helping you find awesome developer jobs, and we will talk more about them later.
1: Yes, and we today have a very special guest with with us, Charity Majors. Charity, would you like to introduce yourself?
2: Hi, <laughs> I've been sitting here trying not to laugh the whole time. <laughs> I am the co-founder, uh, CTO of, and grumpy ex CEO of Honeycomb, and I have worked as a, I've been on call since I was seventeen, and I've been an engineer and then a manager, and then an engineer again, and then a manager. And I've worked at Facebook and Parse and Second Life, and now have my own thing. And two jobs, regrettable jobs, where I was there for a year and a day. <laughs> and, and the big lesson that I learned from that, honestly, is don't do that. Because nice. like, I, I started those jobs, and within a day or two, I knew that it didn't feel good. But I felt like I owed it to them to be there for a year. I didn't. Yeah. It wasn't good for me. It wasn't good for them. I should have just
1: fucking left. You, you are in good company here. I think you'll fit right in. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's true. One of the mottos of the show is quit your job.
1: I think it's amazing that you stumbled upon like our main tenant like 10 seconds into the show already. So congratulations.
2: (laughs) Dude, I swear, every day I'm telling someone, quit your job. Please quit your job.
1: All right.
0: I'm really glad to have you here. I feel like you're one of the most cited people on the the show. I feel like I refer to your blog posts quite a bit. So it's... (laughs) That's terrifying. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's great to have you here in person. I'm, well, whatever in person means for this.
2: It's really yeah. awesome to be here. <laughs> Thanks for having me.
0: Okay. I'm going to go ahead and read our first question. This is from a listener named Lucas. I've had the role of a tech lead informally for the past two years at a fast growing tech startup. We were a team of six developers and now we are 16. Recently, we had a department meeting in which the software development VP communicated That we have three teams and I was the tech lead of two of them. I was surprised he hasn't mentioned this decision of splitting (laughs) the teams, nor that I'd been officially promoted to tech lead. I was expecting a one-on-one where he would pop the question, will you be my tech lead? I asked him privately if that meant I would be officially promoted and would have my title changed. He said that he was going to have this conversation with the HR manager and would get back to me, but potentially <laughs> oh gosh okay i gotta make it through the question he doesn't spend time on one-on-ones nor is he very good at managing people although he's very good technically how weird is this situation a manager tells his team that they now have a tech lead among some other org changes i haven't been informed haven't had my title changed and haven't been given a raise yet <laughs> oh, how weird this is this <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah the answer yeah. is
2: sadly this is not uncommon this is not weird at all. This happens every day in awkward tech land. <laughs> I'm gonna guess that this this writer is coming to startups for the first time from a much larger company environment
0: where they're expecting more structure around raises and promotion and stuff?
2: Yes. more structure, more planning, more more levels. I, I don't even know that this company has levels like most startups don't.
0: Yeah, well now they do. Now they have now they have two levels. <laughs> <laughs>
2: No, they don't have levels. They have yeah. a tech lead, which is like a hat that you wear. I guess they have three because they <laughs> have a
0: software development VP. Yeah.
2: There you go. Three levels. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, but tech lead can be a thing that just moves around. You know, like the way at Honeycomb, we don't have any tech leads. We have tech leads for projects. And it's a different tech lead for every project. And we move that hat around so that everyone gets to practice leading and following.
0: Hmm. How do you decide who gets it? Is it? Do people throw their hat in the ring? Do you, do you evaluate? Um, it's,
2: mostly, it's mostly, you know, Emily, the engineering manager, director, does a lot of routing. And she's always, she's very good at like, you know, catching that, that edge where it's pushing someone, but not overwhelming them and trying to load balance their scale. You know, this this doesn't scale forever, but it was working really well for now.
0: And, I mean, Honeycomb, how big is Honeycomb? 20, 30 people?
2: We are... Twenty five-ish people, and we we were like eight people writing code.
0: So So it's it's roughly the same scale as this company too, in terms of size of uh, employees. Yeah,
2: but we are we are. I consider us to be well ahead of the curve when it comes to structure, Hmm. in part because we have a distributed team. So I think when you are distributed, you have to make things formal a lot sooner provide structure for people and and just like having been i'm also old and tired and i'm just like fuck it we're having levels you know because i don't i know future me is going to be real mad if we don't and i'm guessing that this vp is not yet experienced yeah i I predict this
0: (laughs) vp in air quotes is like 25 or something and it was like the first technical first timer yeah and, and yeah yeah how weird is the situation yeah I, I love how once they sat down to – once Lucas sat down to talk with him, he was like, hey, so is this going to get officially recognized ever? And he said, potentially. Like, <laughs> Maybe. That, that's just the giveaway, right? That the
2: dude doesn't know, hasn't thought about yeah. it at all, and is just now encountering this realization for the first yeah, time. Yeah,
0: he's like, I just got to get this out of the way so I can get back to my full-time job, which is writing code. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> got to get all this – tricky people stuff out of the way
2: yeah boy that's that's a real stumper like i hadn't really thought about that yet
0: <laughs> i haven't had my title change. And like the
2: dude probably thinks that this is how you let people know about promotions
0: yeah it's got maximum impact to announce it in a meeting yeah and, well no it's yeah. probably it's we probably the most efficient yeah exactly <laughs> for sure everybody knows at once
2: and a raise
0: <laughs> the raise yeah. is the warm glow you get by knowing that you have more responsibility <laughs>
2: <laughs> exactly. I also love that he's a tech leading two projects. Like, isn't that a problem? Yeah.
0: Yeah, that does sound like a lot. <laughs> Sorry, to do.
2: two teams tech leading two teams. I, how are, are we supposed to be the tech lead of two teams? That's that's
0: a tricky So, one.
2: yeah, this is a lot of first time energy going off <laughs> of this
0: one. What what can Lucas do? So we've kind of established that it's yeah, this is weird. <laughs> There's some weird stuff going on here. Like, what does he do to kind of guide this to a better state?
2: So. He he needs to recognize he's in a position of needing to manage up and he also needs to be very flexible right like he, he could, he's in a position where he can push his manager to do and think about things but he can't expect them him to have already shown up like hmm. having thought about things that seem very va- basic to this person
0: How do you do that do you just like drop hints leave leave books lying around like
2: No I hate I hate hints I think that he should go you know, we need to have a one-on-one regularly and then, you know, show up to the one-on-one with a, with a list of questions. Don't expect to get answers <laughs> until the next time. But, you know, just just asking the right questions in a really patient way and being, re- being realistic about what your needs are, you know? Like, do you think you can tech lead to two different teams? Ask him if this is a permanent thing or if it's a temporary thing. You know, all of the questions that we've yeah. just been asking ourselves here, like, he needs answers to those. And I and, and I feel like you know, he just needs to lower his expectations and and try to approach it with a spirit of open curiosity.
0: <laughs> yeah, this is a fun story generator machine. Like that's that's where you yes. are. You're at a machine that will generate yes. good stories. We yes. didn't even talk about the part ha- well, where they went from one team to three teams in this meeting. Right. <laughs> right. Like does he even know who's on his team or his teams?
2: Right. Do they have any managers at all there?
0: Yeah, they have one who manages two teams, sort of. Maybe, maybe and and yeah, maybe he thinks tech lead is a manager too. I don't know.
2: Yeah, that's super unclear to me. Are there? It sounds to me like this so-called VP is the only manager, which is a very terrifying statement.
0: Yeah. What about the the race
2: If I was this engineer, I would also wonder where are the adults in this company. Like, one would hope there are experienced managers somewhere, yeah. and you can go make friends with them create allies, ask about where there are meetings, where decisions taking place. Like, I I feel like in engineering, we tend to look very inward as though we are the only source of potential good Mm. ideas. But in fact, there are many experienced professionals outside of engineering who have a lot of insight into situations.
0: Yeah. What what about the raise thing? The other stuff around kind of managing up and getting some more clarity around what the expectations are for you and, and even like the title thing. Ultimately, it costs the company nothing to give you a title. So I would expect that to happen. But the raise thing is kind of a sticking point where you you are potentially doing more work and it should be recognized with more compensation. But how do you approach that? When it, it seems like it hasn't even occurred to your VP that, hey, maybe this should come with a raise.
2: You know, I I was in this position at Parse where I was told that I was a tech lead and there was no raise or title or anything associated with it. And it never occurred to me that to even ask, hmm. I was just like, "Great recognition of my work. That's what I wanted." Sure. You know. So I think that I don't think that this is so far outside the realm of being reasonable. Hmm. I do think that at startups, you know, everyone's acutely aware that it's cash strapped, and you know, as you say, titles yeah. are cheap. But I do wonder if he's being set up for success, larding on these expectations. Two teams. You're tech leading. Congratulations. But as you say, putting no skin in the game from the company indicates a lack of commitment to the outcome. So I don't know that having a race would be a stickler for me, but I would certainly use that as an, as an opening question to help me understand it, what the expectations were, really to help his, his manager figure out what the expectations are, like very off, Johnny mm. on the spot. But, you know, like, is is, is this that half that's expected to move around? Am I now managing this, these two teams? Am I managing one team? Is anyone managing these people? Is this some? Is this a project-based tech lead hat? Like, there's just so many questions, and I feel like the 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 is there a raise involved is an important answer, but not necessarily
0: the only okay. one. Okay, so so in your mind, there's a possibility where a company could kind of have their act together and and not give a raise as part of this move to moving someone into a tech lead role.
2: There are other details here that make this seem an improbable <laughs> scenario, like namely the being a tech lead of two yeah. teams. Like that to me says that this is. Not a reasonable scenario. But a tech lead of one team, yeah, I I do think so. Yeah.
0: Doesn't spend time on one on ones, nor is he very good at managing people. I'm just reading through the question again. Like, is there hope for managing up to this person when he seems so disinterested in well, the craft of management? I
2: would be asking myself seriously, like, what is it that I am in this company? Why why am I working here? Do I really believe in the mission and the mm-hmm. product? Do I really believe in the founders? Do I really believe in my peers? Because <laughs> it sounds like they've got a bunch of new grads and like like you say, like twenty five yeah. year olds Because by stepping into a position of leadership, you are taking on a lot here. Like your, your adventures in babysitting, it's a story time generator, which is the optimistic way of looking at this. <laughs> and it could be great for your career. Like God knows, like careers have been built out of forged from lesser, from lesser materials, <laughs> but you are going to have to be able to engage like your, your create your creativity, your curiosity, your sense of humor. And, you know, Combined with lowering your expectations and just being like, all right, let's see where this rodeo goes, you know, because it's going to be a mess. It's going to be a hot mess.
0: (laughs) Yeah, there is something about like the the more of a leadership role you take on in a company, the more, I don't know how to put it, like the more invested you need to be. And it can feel bad if you don't want to be invested like it's a lot easier to take a paycheck as an individual contributor yes it is which is not bad like paychecks are good for life it turns out but but if you don't you're you're kind of lending your reputation in a way that you aren't as a individual developer exactly
2: exactly and and like you could you could be like this is my challenge. Like this is my Everest. <laughs> I'm gonna climb it and I'm gonna help make this, you know, this company great. And in that case, you kinda need to stop waiting for your VP to do things and you need to like learn the the ancient skill of managing yeah. up, right? And and getting him to do what what you need him to do. And I I am the kind of nut job who often finds this kind of thing like exciting, right? The bigger the forest fire, the more <laughs> the more into it I am. But like sometimes you're not in a place in your life where that's what you want to do or who you want to be or what you want to be associated with. And, and like being asked to step into a leadership role is a very clarifying moment, I think. Yeah,
0: this is interesting. So it, it started off as a question about how do I handle this specific situation around a potential promotion? And we've kind of ended up at this is kind of a, a watershed moment for you at this company where you need to decide if you want to go through what will probably involve quite a bit of pain for reasons mm-hmm. that, that make sense to you or if these... Warning signs are enough to go move to to somewhere that fits better with what you're looking mm-hmm. for.
2: This 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 is also why. Sorry, I'm sorry. That's this fine.
0: Scenario. As listen, as long as they're not coming for you, <laughs> I believe that there's not much you <laughs> not can do to control them. <laughs> this is
2: this this kind of question is is the hesitation that I've often had about hiring people like from Google into my startup, right? They come with so many expectations around structure and things that will be done for mm. them. And I'm not saying that those expectations are unreasonable, but we're all here figuring the shit out for the yeah. first time. You know? And, and and sometimes those expectations can get a little grabby and, and they just it's just like, you know, we have to ruthlessly prioritize what we care about in a given week to not go out of business. And a lot of this HR stuff, these are artifacts of a much bigger, slower culture. Mm-hmm. And that isn't all bad, you know. Like we can laugh and rag on this all we want, and it is certainly rich with humor. <laughs> and there are red flags, like the fact that they just went from six developers to sixteen. De- you know, there are red flags all yeah. over. And yet, like this can be really exciting. You get to you get to build things from the ground up. You get to start with nothing, and you get to see you get to fix all the mistakes that bothered you <laughs> when you were coming up through the ranks. You know. Yeah. You get to make new and exciting mistakes. eh?
0: Exactly, yeah. Time for your hubris to play out.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's an interesting situation. Well, Lucas, I think we've clearly answered the question. You know exactly what to do, I believe. Good luck (laughs) in this situation.
2: I really want to know what happens. Yeah. Please let me know.
0: Yeah, I'd love to know how this works out too.
1: Hey, Jameson, before we go on to our next question, did you hear that one of our Slack community members just got a new dev job with a $50,000 raise? Yeah, that was wild. They used
0: a service called Vettery. Vettery matches developers with employers based on what you want like your location, salary requirements, and technologies you want to work with.
1: Yeah, so I actually signed up myself and within a week they sent me a job opportunity. The hiring manager wrote me a very nice note, and the salary was actually amazing. I was pretty impressed.
0: I don't know. I'm a pretty big fan of my current job search process, which is quitting my job and then asking (laughs) strangers on Twitter if they know anyone hiring for COBOL.
1: (laughs) Okay. So once you sign up for Vettery, you actually get a dedicated consultant assigned to help you tweak your profile and find the opportunities you're interested in. And the best part is you get those pesky salary requirements out of the way early in the process. No more going through the whole interview process, only to find out that your expectations are way off.
0: Another thing I like is that there's no coding test to get started. And as much as I love balancing binary trees on a whiteboard under time pressure, that's, <laughs> that's a pretty cool thing. If you're thinking of taking the soft skills engineering
1: advice of quitting your job, you should check out Vettery. Go to vettery.com slash soft skills to sign up. That's V-E-T-T-E-R-Y dot com soft skills. And if you use that link, you'll help support the show.
0: And if you get a job through Vettery, you get 300 bucks. Thank you so much to Vettery for sponsoring the show.
1: I will read our next question.
0: All right, this one's from an anonymous listener. Hey there, I love your show and I've been listening to it almost since day one. I was an engineer for about 10 years and I've been a manager for about one year and I love my team. They're high performers. We have a high level of trust. I also like my boss. But the larger org has some issues, and in time-honored soft skills engineering tradition, I plan to quit. I would like to stay in management, so I have these questions. One, my employer is a large public company. How much should I care about negative headlines and Wall Street's opinion? Two, how long should I stay in my role as a manager before looking for a new job? Three, how do I message this to my team when I leave? So, Charity, you have quit a very large public company
2: <laughs> mm-hmm. with some PR issues. Yeah, as well. <laughs> exactly.
0: Did you look at all about the, at, at, at those external indicators or were you more no. focused on your own experience? Yeah,
2: no. It does not trickle down to the individual engineers. It just yeah. doesn't, it doesn't at all. I do, I do refer to the Facebook bunny as blood money. <laughs> that is how I bought my house and my wife and I sold off the last of our blood money just the other month, okay. the other day. And we, where we're like, God, I feel better about myself than <laughs> existing in the world now. But like as and when it comes to my career, like it was an unqualified positive. Like for the first time in my life I had like this pedigree that I've never had sure. before.
0: Where you just like you just like drop a resume on the table and you hear it thump.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's disgusting, yeah. but it's yeah. true. And everyone should have that experience once in their life. So so yeah, you don't need to worry about that. It doesn't matter. What matters more than Wall Street's opinion is the tech the tech industry's opinion of your employer's technology mm. stack like you know how like capital one has this sterling reputation in the tech community as being the cutting edge for enterprise engineering doesn't matter what they do on the business mm. side and i don't know what your company's reputation is. But it, if you don't know, that would be interesting to find mm-hmm. out.
0: In, in terms of that opening or shutting doors, potentially, to other opportunities, is that what you mean?
2: Yeah, yeah. And it's not like, I mean, come on, like, let's be real. Like, <laughs> your, your your motto is a good one. Quit your job because, like, we should have very high standards for our jobs because there is so much great opportunity out there. Like, this is a golden age in yeah. tech, you know? There are so many people who need your skills. Like you, And we should use this. We are the scarce resource. I'm an employer now. I should, I should, I should like shift my class consciousness here, but but like our labor is the scarcest resource on Earth, and and we need to use that as leverage to force people to do better. <laughs> like staying in a bad job, just like gives a gives gives your blessing to everyone who's contributing to it being a bad hmm. job, and, and that's not okay.
0: Yeah, we've we've talked before on the show about kind of the replacement level job and what it looks like if you just were to quit your job. And like throw a dart at the wall and get in an, get, get a random yeah. job and it, yeah. if you feel like your job is worse than the replacement level job yeah yeah go. you should totally quit
2: <laughs> walk <Yeah. laughs> now I do think this changes a little bit for managers for engineers yes you can change your job every one to two years for your entire career and be just fine as a manager your effectiveness is tied much more to your understanding of the people and the politics and the landscape and that takes longer to level mm. up in. And I don't think as a manager you can job hop like that. I think that it takes a good two years to really hit your stride. And and since this is her first management job, I I'm not that worried about, you know, his or her I don't know, I'm gonna sure. say her ability to find a new job because, you know, there's always gonna be some idiot who's gonna hire <laughs> you. But I do think that like a year in, you haven't actually learned how to do the job yet. And I think that you would possibly be better off staying for two years. If you're optimizing for that, I do think it's important to have two years in a manager job before you actually, your instincts are going to lead you in the right directions, like just for starters. And I do think that managers need to have longer jobs. You know, Like as a manager, you either are going back and forth between IC and manager, or you're trying to climb the ladder, right? And if you're trying to climb the ladder, then two years is a bare minimum, yeah. right? And and I think that it's at least important to acknowledge this shift when you're when you're transitioning because it's a different. So career.
0: so you would say that one year of experience is kind of like zero years of experience in a way, where you'd be going up against no, people who who were you you know, new managers. You
2: know more, you know more than you did. For me, at least, though, and for most of the new managers that I've seen, a year in, they're probably doing an okay job. But it's almost like there's, there's, there's a dip, like they start out high and then there's a dip as they slowly realize how Yeah, you're they like, oh
0: know. no. And they, they, <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. And, and they lose the, the, the sheen of their technical sharpness. They're kind of using it to like bridge over all of the gaps, you know, and suddenly everything, there's a period there where it's very scary. Yeah. And, and if it's not scary, you should be a little bit concerned <laughs> that you aren't scared about the right things, yeah. you know? <laughs> because because it should be scary because what's happening is your body's f- at the, like physiological level you're having to relearn what cues to pay attention to and what means good and what means bad and 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 what what to focus on and and that just takes time and the bigger the org the more time it takes i think
0: yeah that's very true especially yeah you mentioned a very large public company uh, like you said, a lot of the value of a manager is is their ability to kind of navigate those waters, knowledge. and that does take a long time. In my experience, there, it takes a long time to find like the one person to talk to out of this group of five hundred people that can move something forward. And
2: they they make it look magical and simple and easy, but it's 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 the relationship that they've built up over all that time that makes it. Easy. It's it's not something you can just step into and be effective as a new manager. So
0: that's interesting because so much of that is context dependent. Like that all goes away at a new company. So what what do you bring with you? Good question.
2: This is why I really think that getting a new job as a manager is is, is riven with faults. <laughs>
0: hmm. What do you mean?
2: It is possible. It is often hard. It is harder in ways that are not like so much of the manager interview is about. Do I like you? And these things that are very riddled with bias, yeah. right? And, and as as much as we can hate on the engineering interview process, because it's terrible and we should, the manager interview process is yeah. worse. And I do think that it's it can be easier to get hired as a manager, and I don't think that's necessarily a good hmm. thing. It means that you know less information about each other at the beginning of your relationship, and you're just kind of diving off a cliff with these yeah. people. I, I think that it, a, a sure way for somebody who is this close to their technical career at least is to go back to engineering and join as an engineer, do a year as an engineer, then, you know, but make it clear from the beginning that you're interested in getting back to management, but that, that gives you that grounding in, in the technology and the, the stuff that gives you credibility where your strengths are before you're venturing out into, you know, where you're, where you're still, you're a year in, you're very junior as a manager. Yeah.
0: What about this last question? How do I message this to my team when I leave? Cause that, that is a pretty unique part.
2: Just tell them. I mean, just like I have a new job, I wouldn't say anything in the in the meeting about you know whatever. Like I, I don't know. I mean, depending on how the dynamics are, you could tell them in the meeting or you can tell them one on one. Probably one on one's better. But like, I don't understand why this would be hard. Do you?
0: I think the concern is there's more ownership over the team. So as an individual contributor, you're kind of leaving as a peer, and and maybe maybe they're concerned that it will cause people to react. Or, or reflects about the team as a whole and its health? And maybe this is like a...
2: Well, it sounds like this place isn't rereading the question. Okay, they like they like their team, and they like their boss. Uh-huh. The larger org has some issues. Well, it sounds to me like this is an island of sanity. Yeah. And most of those people should probably <laughs> So So... And, and I say this with like this crushing weight of guilt because I've created this ocean of sanity in various unnamed <laughs> publicly traded <laughs> okay. companies in the past. And I regret it. Yeah. I do. I feel bad about the amount of time that I carved out time for my team to work very hard on something that was immediately spun down after I left. Hmm. Their, their work was worth nothing. And I, and I let it happen by staying there as long as I did.
0: I, I was actually talking about this with a friend of mine, like, you can have this idea of making a, a bubble of happiness and, and effectiveness in your team. Yeah. And, and if you leave, does that bubble just pop right away? And if so, is that a good use of your time? Yes. Like, yes, I mean, what what's the alternative? Just just kind of,
2: I, you know, I, I don't think that these bubbles are good. I think they can feel good for a while. But ultimately, like, if you look at what motivates us, right, it's, 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 it's autonomy and it's mastery and it is meaning and you're creating this bubble by, by creating a separate zone of meaning and it's fake. It's not actually connected to the mission of the company. And as soon as you go away, the bubble goes away and that means that it's meaningless. And, and so like, yeah, if, if, if you're just like, you know, maybe a bunch of parents drawing down fat paychecks and you're just like, cool, don't really give a shit. Just want to be here tinker, like have fun. Fine. But most of us, I think want more than that. And and I think that I think that these bubbles of sanity more often are they serve to insulate the org from having to make the hard choices that they need to make to fix their shit hmm. because they have these people who are padded they're in padded rooms and they're happy and they shouldn't be hmm.
0: so it's it's like the the manager is is kind of papering over these problems so they don't bubble yes. up to to be solved systemically yeah. hmm. yes but it's so. F- satisfying to <laughs> paper over problems know, and make a good environment. <laughs> I
2: know. Cuz you get to like exercise agency, yeah. right? And you get to feel yeah, like you, hero. Yeah, you get to look and, out over your you bubble know, and say like, look how
0: good this bubble is.
2: Look. Exactly. You know, and maybe maybe there's an argument to made for this if you really believe in the mission of the company and you really want to make it succeed despite all of the other dysfunctions. Mm-hmm. But most of those missions are pretty rare and or at least they're not really that much better than companies who are doing better with missions of about the same caliber. You
0: yeah. Know?
2: So I think that most people stay at their jobs for two reasons. They have fear of interviews, which is real and legit and just needs to be like practiced yeah. away. And, and for the, and for the love of the people around yeah. them, it's like brothers in foxholes, mm-hmm. you know, like, and, and the, and counterintuitively, the more stress and pain your team has been together, been through together, the tighter those bonds are right like i come from ops (laughs) our team has always been like the tightest team with the best culture and just like the most we got your back bro you know like so much cohesion. that software engineers are just like what is going on and like
0: swipe it across your face to and then dive in exactly
2: we're those kinds of teams right and that's not a good thing it comes from trauma and it's not okay and the older i get and the the more I see, like the different sides of this industry, the more I'm just like I regret that, <laughs> I do.
0: Hmm. So, what should anonymous listener do then? What's do we have a summary for them of how they should approach this?
2: I would say, I if I was them, I would think seriously about how, what would I learn if I stayed here for one more year. And and they don't say if they're planning on looking for a job as a manager or as an engineer, but I, it sounds like manager. yeah, I think so. And I would I would spend some time thinking, talking to people in the industry about what manager interviews are like, and cons- I would, if I was them, I would consider entering as an engineer with the expectation to move to manager because I think that that would be a better glide path for them. All of this stuff is like optimizing though. Like the heart wants what it wants, whatever you want, you can make it happen. Do it, you'll learn your own lessons the awkward way. It's fine, sure. but that's what I would Especially do. Especially
0: in this environment, it's it's hard to make decisions yeah. that hurt you
2: there's no wrong choice right there's just like well i veered off a different side right yeah. you know this i got this fine. weird
0: scar tissue instead of this other weird scar tissue yeah exactly yeah
2: what what scar tissue do you want to embrace <laughs> in your life is a great question to ask
0: ourselves <laughs> yeah okay well i hope that helps anonymous
2: again i really want to know how to yeah. post charity at honeycomb.io send me an email i would love so to speaking know.
0: of that charity how can people i mean Part of part of why we have you on here is for you to share your wonderful ideas with people. Part of it is very mercenary, though. It's like you you want. Do I get a Slack we, invite? Well, sure, heck yeah. Ah, but like, yes. you you get something out of this too. What do you want out of this? Do you want people to follow you on Twitter to apply for? I don't know. Use Honeycomb.
2: Honestly, I think Twitter should. I don't read Twitter anymore. I think it should accept my replies. I I kind of in the flushing it in the toilet of life stage but i am nipsy tipsy on twitter and i do not have a lot of filters so if you enjoy that kind <laughs> of train wreck you can follow me there my blog is charity.wtf and i have been trying to do an advice column there because there are these questions that get asked over and over and i don't have a podcast your
0: blog is great it's it's really great if you haven't checked it out you totally should i've learned a lot from reading it and i've referred a bunch of people to it as well
2: Oh, thank you. I actually do have a podcast. It's the observability podcast. I about it
0: I was about a <laughs> Some strong advertisement for it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> right. Woo-hoo. Pumping my fist. And, and of course, if you have any observability problems or if your software engineering team can't ship anything and wants to know why, you might want to check out honeycomb.io.
0: Thank you so much for joining us. It's been great.
2: This is super fun. Thank you so much for having me.
0: I've learned a lot and I, I appreciate your time here. If you (laughs) want to send in your own questions to be answered, then go to softskills.audio, click ask a question, and we will get to them before the heat death of the universe. We will catch you all next week.